Welcome to the Wild 7 Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Red. This is an old-fashioned geek-out, gang. This is an episode where Alex, interdimensional Alex, and I watch Barbarella, and we just geek out on it and talk about it. The reason I have this little cold open bumper thing before the show starts is because I want to apologize. Why? Because during the recording of this show, I was fucking high. Like, I was really, really high. I'm actually recording this little opening thing from my bedroom, but, you know, we record the podcast at the studio in downtown Los Angeles, and it was a Friday night, and we just got, like, blazed with Chris, another dude, and, and, and Alex, and we watched Barbarella on a projector, but, dude, I was really stoned. I haven't even listened to this since we recorded it, because... I think I was just, ex- I was incredibly high, and I apologize. Alex was together, and he had an ins- inspirational story about, you know, him and singing a song. It's a, it's a great story. I, I suggest you listen. But I was just really high, man, and I'm sorry, or woman, or whoever you are. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I This podcast is important to me. It's important that, you know, uh, it's good content, but... And this was recorded a few weeks ago, and it was put in the bank just in case, you know, it's a situation where we need to drop an episode and we don't have something because we release an episode every Monday. But I just wanted you to know I was really high, and I recognize that, okay? One kid once called me out, and in fact, I mention it on the episode. I think one time I recorded an episode with Rick, Rick Darge, who's a filmmaker. He did Zen Dog. He does a film festival called Abracadabra Alakazam. And I, I interviewed him and then some, and then some dude shared it. So a gentleman shared it who was, who liked it. And then, uh, this kid said the host is way too high. And then, so then in this episode, I talk about this kid and then I start talking about how like, Kid, you're gonna die soon, so why do you care? And you're gonna feed the rats and worms. And I'm, I'm, I'm completely fucking high. I think only Alex made sense in this episode, but I think it would be interesting as a sort of just, you know, I'm high. I mean, we get pretty crazy at the office sometimes. Sometimes we have Kool-Aid. It gets crazy. It's, I'm, I'm, and I'm not joking. We have a big container of Kool-Aid, and I drink it sometimes, and it's fun. Okay, so without further ado, it's Alex and I talking about Barbarella, a geek out. And 2020, that's what we're going to do. You know, some geek outs here and there mixed with Wild 7 Business. And by the way, if you haven't seen Debbie and the Devil, check it out. Look us up. Yada, yada. Enjoy. Debbie and the Devil is a feature-length horror film. I use this podcast to shamelessly promote my feature. Okay? I'm smart. Okay? Enjoy. Welcome to the Wild 7 Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Red. Joining me once again is Interdimensional Alex. Hello, hello, and thank you for having me, my friend. Now, gang, for those of you new listeners, you're probably listening because you uh, looked up for some content about Barbarella, and you don't give a fuck about me. Or yeah, Wild 7 or anything. Yeah. We know a lot of you, a lot of you already are so into Barbarella. You you were invested in it, and you now found the place to get the scoop. Yeah, we're going to give you some, some really good information. Now, uh, you know, now, here's the thing, Alex. Sir. I listened to a podcast today. It was a really great podcast. There's this podcast called uh, Geek History Lessons. Oh. And uh, the, the gentleman on Geek History Lessons said, 
every podcast is someone's first podcast yeah you know okay. and so chances are if this person doesn't know you know is looking for some barbarella content some you know listening for two schmoes talking yeah. about barbarella <laughs> yeah you know they don't know us excuse me <coughs> excuse me i just belched <coughs> yeah me too um they don't know uh, Wild Seven or Mr. Red or the fact that you were in my movie or the fact that we made a movie. You, uh, we made a film called Debbie and the Devil. Yes. We, we are filmmakers. We're not exactly pure podcasters. We are multimedia. We are everything. Yes, quite a, a neophyte myself, I must say. Yes, apart from doing the podcast with me. Indeed. Back when it was the Nas Red podcast where Nas Red talks about movies. Yeah, man. After we made Debbie and the Devil. Which is funny. There are I, I keep track of a lot of things in my life. Yeah. And other things I have no recollection of. And one of them, blissfully, is the amount of times we've done a podcast together. We've done I it quite enough. numerically have lost count. Yeah. You know, we started out doing this podcast... As a movie podcast where we would geek out on movies as we're doing tonight yes. or today, depending on when you're listening. Right. Or <laughs> we would relative. we would we would we, or we would review films that had come out or this and that and yada yada yada, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The podcast evolved once we actually made a film ourselves. And as I was mentioning, Alex was in my film mm-hmm. with a, an amazing role. Yes. Which we will keep secret. We just know it's a role. You may say the name, though. Oh, Brendan of the Darkness. It's cool. Who I love, by the way. Really? You know what I watched last night? Midnight Cowboy. Ah. It's 50 years old this uh-huh. year. With uh, 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 Dustin Hoffman and, and John, John Voight. Voight. They're both phenomenal in it. Yes. So good. And watching it again, there's a couple special features on it. And John Voight was talking about the character that he played. And he said, hey, I really like Joe Buck. Yeah. Like, I really, you know, I, I, and he kind of put his hand on his heart. Yeah. And I thought that was great. It's really, you have to kind of love the characters that you become or you write or you craft, you know? Yeah. That's a, that's, I like that ownership in artists. Yeah. So going back to that, and I don't even dare say that my Brendan in the Darkness is even close to a Joe Buck. It's better. It you, be. you can say it's better. <laughs> it's better. I saw Midnight Cowboy. It was rated X. There was no porno in it. I was disappointed. Yeah. It's still yeah. raw. Yeah. A. No, it's a good movie. Though. It was a, I'm it's joking. It's still yeah. raw. I was like, maybe it's kind of dated. Nope. It will. I challenge you. If Alex, you have Alex, a blood and a heart. Do you remember that part where affected. Dustin Hoffman is like, I can't walk no more. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He goes, listen, don't get sore at nothing. I ain't sore. I, I, I can't really walk anymore. Oh, is that how he's? I'm scared. Yeah. You know what they do to people who can't walk? Wait, wait, wait. I have a question because yeah. I haven't seen that since since high school. I think the first time I saw it was the last time I saw it. Nice. Was, I also, the first time was high school for me yeah, too. Um, was, was Dustin Hoffman homosexual in that? Th- this time around, it finally made a lot of sense. But where he's hanging out in the bars to begin with, who he kind of runs along with in the streets and hustling in his own joint. He kind of goes with that crowd anyway. Mm, interesting. And then towards the end when joe's getting more and more lucky with women he's getting more and more like oh no and sicker and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. he's wasting away he's a guy who's so frustrated and he, he legitly falls in love with john voight's character mm, interesting Re- like legitly and i saw it this time i was like oh this is like he's like romantically in love with him where to where he wouldn't be like 
gross about it. You know, it's he, like, he would be like just a like. It's like a bromance, romance kind of thing. Yeah, and it's not at all. I, I guess I guess that's why it was. Well, uh, yeah, no, there's intense scenes too. A lot of that movie also is flashbacks to abusive times and how that would make. Like, <laughs> okay, here's a naive thought that I remember having. Do you. The idea when you're young, being a gigolo, you have this kind of naive belief that like, oh, that's, well, it's kind of why Joe Buckins is new it. You have this naive belief that's like, oh, shit, getting laid all day long with yeah, a bunch yeah. of kind of like rich ladies. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. But when you get older, you understand that peep, some, a lot of people who get into that, they have, you know, hurt backgrounds with really like, you know, damaged pasts. Well, I don't know. So, I'm a pretty carefree gigolo. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You know. Came from a good gigolo family. Where <laughs> we come from a proud line of gigolos. Yeah, I just and like we know the code of the gigolo. Yeah, yeah. but that uh, would be cool. But too. Alex, anyway, anyway, yeah, I know we're getting off track. Ha- not entirely though. Go ahead, because that's an iconic film from the late sixties. Which we and tonight into Barbarella. My goodness. But first of all, let me just let me just finish this little thing. So we are filmmakers here. We oh, made yeah, this yeah, film yeah. called Debbie and the Devil. Mm-hmm. It's. It's better than Barbarella. I hate to say it. No, I'm just kidding. It, no. <laughs> all films are equal, I, I think, think. I think, think all films are, are films, and I, I, I treat them all as the same kind of thing. Yeah. But we made a film called Debbie and the Devil. We highly encourage you, look it up. We highly encourage you, go to our websites, nasred.com, debbieandthedevil.com, wild7studios.com. We have a lot of things cooking. We are not just uh, squeaky voice podcasters here. No, it's certainly not true. Yeah, no, we're not here just, just ragging on a movie because we think we're better than it because we're insecure because we don't do anything creative ourselves we're celebrating this film right alex absolutely now this is a celebration of a yes. movie now so the idea here and and mind you this might not be your first episode you might be one of our many beautiful listeners but let me just tell you good something. to see y'all again yeah and if you're a listener that started up with us from episode one man this is a return <laughs> and then we thank you for your patience yeah you're a good dude or do that uh, but but uh <laughs> Uh, the dudette. Yeah. Wouldn't that... Okay, can you see in a, a forgotten film from the 60s called The Dudette? Yeah. And she's right there, and it has some tagline like, she's the leader of the pack. Dudette. It, it, it was directed by Peter Bogdanovich, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, We're using American mise-en-scene. All right, yeah, go ahead. Louis Maul said that the, the dudette was... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, but what I wanted to say was, so we're mm. filmmakers. Uh, uh, wh- where was I? I'm so fucking I'm, no, high. No, I'm sorry, man. So am I, and I keep going. <laughs> Look at this idea. Yeah. Well, we were talking about uh, filmmaking, and then we got to do uh, dudes and dudettes. And thank you for being with us because we're talking to oh, you, the fans. Right. You've just you've stuck with us. If you've been there from the beginning, we thank you. Right. And what I wanted to say was, this is a return to our sort of format of geeking out on a movie. And the thing is, mm-hmm. we are not returning to that format. It's still the Wild 7 format. The girls are still around. We're still you know, going behind the scenes of the movie studio. But this episode is made to be in the can for when we don't have an episode to drop. We could just drop this. This is called a geek out. This is the yes. new thing. So yes. Alex and I, every once in a while, we're going to record geek out episodes on films that have some sort of culty significance or just we just we that we just like. I think the next film we're going to watch is Compañeros, directed by Sergio Corbucci. You know, I think if you've uh, you know watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you've heard of Sergio Corbucci and uh, yeah. you know that's an interesting thing. And there are other films that we can watch, but 
now we're going to talk about Barbarella. So strap in if you've watched it, light up a fatty, and yeah. we're going to go. So Alex, I want to know, first of all, mm. before we jump into Barbarella itself, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. your history with this beautiful, amazing, strong, intelligent woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's so funny. Barbarella is so meaningful to my life and my life's development. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's so odd because it's from a generation we know nothing about, but all of us, especially we who have kind of gotten creative and dream and wonder, can't help but come across and kind of romanticize, which is that 60s period. Mm -hmm. they, they figured out thematically, musically, visually, something really juicy that always works no matter what generation. This is why this is why kids these days still love the Beatles. Yeah. You know? They, just some things just keep on working. Which is funny because when you were talking about returning and you viewers how you return to us and you you brought up a good point, is it really a return? I'm seeing shapes. Also, it could be thanks to the marijuana. Whichever road it is, yeah. I accept it because I see visuals of circles, and that's the return at all times. And just as there's no beginning or end to a circle, a return is a continuous verb, not an eventful noun. Interesting. That's a sonorous siren, by the way. By the way, another thing about <clears throat> Wild 7, we record this podcast, this show in Wild 7 Studios, which is in the heart of downtown. So every once in the a while you may hear- The left ventricle of the heart yeah, of it's, downtown Yeah, it's LA. like the, where the, the central hive of the crackheads is. And yeah, so every once in a while you hear uh, sirens and whatnot. But mm -hmm. anyway, moving on yeah. to Barbarella. Barbarella. So um, when you're young, you're and especially when you're geeking out, you get into these various genres and you have seen some things like Conan the Barbarian, Star Wars, um, uh, you know, yeah, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings, uh, all these different kind of like, you, you're understanding what's science fiction, what's uh, fantasy, what's more action, and then you kind of wonder about comic book world mm -hmm. and kind of what i didn't know at the time to be wouldn't you agree you're we're seeing elements of mobius i, I have no idea how much mobius even maybe was around in, around or yeah. i mean probably so and and if so you know or who, who's influencing who mm -hmm. but it's french future space opera stuff that mm -hmm. just visually works really well yeah so even as a 13-year-old, I'm already kind of interested in that. And just, I realize my whole life, I've enjoyed movies that technically aren't great. But they just have a juice to them. They're just, they're just fun, and I know what they're going for. And in some odd way, with, especially with the suspension of disbelief, I've been able to absorb kind of what they're going for like I don't care if it's dated I don't care if I know that that's a set and I don't care if I see the messed up blemishes and some makeup job I don't care it's a it's like a cool experience to see what people were thinking about the future how they're weaving it in that aesthetic that's so 60s they're they're trying to make a movie everyone everyone seemed to be making what Hodorowsky said when he was doing Dune I wanted to make a film that was like taking LSD, 
without having to take LSD. Wow, that was spot on. Damn. <laughs> Alejandro? How you doing? But, um... This Barbarella is full of sorcery. <laughs> yeah. Do you have your tarot cards? The tarot will tell us that the same force that the ox takes to take the volter, the volter takes from the ox. Wait, wait, did you see that thing of uh, Ni- him reading the tarots of Nicholas Winding Refn? I haven't oh, I am seen... Nicholas Winding. <laughs> I... He will read my tarot. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm but anyway, muppet. go on. Uh, so yeah. okay, I have to ask you something. Sir. As we were watching it, I asked you, how did you watch this? And you said it was on TNT. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I think I'm 13, almost 14. And what's cool about that time period and also who we were in that time period, which is the 90s. Mm-hmm. This is before. You see, kids, this is before you had your YouTube and the Google. Yeah. And we would be uh, just whatever's on TV. Right. Which even at the time was pretty impressive because at this point everyone has about 100 channels, you know. Mm. TNT would have Monster Vision and all that and they would play cult stuff very late at night. And one night I turn on the TV and I see this angel flying over this weird labyrinthian town and this girl, beautiful woman in this nest you know, kind of clothed in in nest material and feathers, calling down to her lover, which is this angel, with this groovy 60s soundtrack. Uh. And he says, I've regained the will to fly. Yeah. And I just, this jolt of positivity hit me. And I was so curious, and I watched the rest of this movie. And then eventually, and I, you know what's funny is, you know, you remember the days of VHS You'd scan the whole library of a video store and you would have a kind of peripheral memory mm-hmm. of the covers of each of these. So yeah. I had seen this cover before. And even as a young kid trying to find cool sci-fi movies, I kind of got the I was like, ah, this is going to be some stupid sex movie that they're trying to like make like sci-fi. But you can't fool me. You're just trying to be cheap. Yeah. Then you get a bit older and like, well, well maybe, maybe the sex and the sci-fi can exist together. Yeah, That's cool. Uh, let's, let's check uh. this out. And uh, so it became a favorite for me because the sound, the the visual style, and it's ridiculous. It, it it's on the one hand a uh, like a, a sort of espionage. She's almost like a Jane a, a, a Jane Bond type. Yeah. Because this is we have a missing astronaut. His name is Duran Duran. And yeah. of course, that's hilarious for everyone who's going. Her name is Rio, and she. Does it. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, uh, she's looking for this scientist. And, of course, along the way, she's going to crash land and get captured and get tortured and have sex with a slew of cool world-building characters who are out there and strange and poetic and perverted and powerful and peaceful. Hmm. You are a big fan of... El Topo and Holy Mountain. I love those movies. Uh, case those are in desert, point, yeah. The, 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 and don't you the feel the similarity? The, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. Well, and, now it's it's funny because it would be years more about ten years before I would even discover Hodorowsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably for the better. You got to be ready for that shit. Yeah. Uh, but this definitely gives way. If Barbarella is sort of the PG world before you get into <laughs> Holy Mountain territory. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
but I have always loved, and it seems to be something that they were going for in that late 60s, early 70s period, which were like, okay, we're going to get you in with the idea of sci-fi, but really we want you to have like a soul-gasm spiritual experience out of it. Yeah, yeah, So it'll be kind of groovy and and part of what I guess at the time was really hip, which was that sound and that look. Yeah. And at the same time, they're going for big transcendental ideas. Um, As a broad overview, there were just some, just because I've been getting heavy Joseph Campbell and Alan Watts the last five years of my life, Mm -hmm. I now have this turned on vision that I have for every movie now where I'm looking for kind of mythological motifs. And there is so much uh, the dreaming Vishnu kind of imagery going uh-huh. on in, in Barbarella. There's a lot of Eastern mysticism that I recognize this time around. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoy it. It's very, um, let's talk about, well, first of all, let's talk about Jane Fonda. Yeah. What a, I love her performance. I fucking love it because we have to understand there's this ridiculous notion that this is a future world. Yeah. And I think it varies depending on what poster you'd get made by whom, but they always say something like sometime in the 21st century and some people I think have said sometime in the 23rd century. Yeah. yeah the point is the super future because yeah. we're in the 60s, so everything's in the future right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they'll, if you recall, the whole idea is th- everything's been pacified. Earth and the solar system and the outlying galaxies, yeah. everything is peaceful. Everyone goes, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super flower power. You know, it won. Yeah. This is a weird world and galaxy in which the kind of, hey man, let's just get along vision worked. Yeah. But Duran Duran is the inevitable evil that's going to crop up and ruin the whole fucking experience. Mm-hmm. So what I also recognize this time around is Barbarella is yet another late 60s movie like Easy Rider and other things that knew that this amazing cosmic train was going to crash soon. So let's capture this 60s gasm and show how it's going to explode and to again borrow from Easy Rider, we blew it. Yeah. We blew it, Billy. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Alex, I realize I'm fucking really high. (laughs) Like, I'm usually, like, really attentive. And then it makes me think of, like, um, one time I did a show with Rick. Mm -hmm. I interviewed him Mm -hmm. about his movie Zendog, like, his release of, like, he he was showing it at a festival, and I interviewed him. And then some guy shared that this is so off topic, but I just, I, I'm fucking blazed out. Like, well, we went pretty heavy. Yeah, we, we wanted okay, to get the entire time we're watching the Barbarella. Movie. Yeah, we're smoking copious amounts of weed. Not that we don't do that regularly, <laughs> but we were just doing it super, super because yeah. we wanted to get on Roger Vadim and and Jane Fonda's level. I think you know what I mean, and I, and I think we achieved that. Yeah, but what I wanted to say was. One time, a, a, a gentleman was kind enough to share the episode with Rick and I, and I had smoked on the episode, and then some little twat kid commented that the host is too high. And, you know, what I want to say is, kid, you have to understand something. You will die one day. Oh naturally, God. hopefully. Hopefully, naturally. I don't wish any, you know... And the rats and worms will eat you. And you are nothing. And what I want to say is don't comment on shit if you don't have anything nice to say. I never comment on, like, negative. You know what I mean? Like, life is too short. Why would you do that? Right, right, But what I want to say back to Barbarella (laughs) is 
Um, Barbarella is a Barbarella. great movie. You know what I want to say about Barbarella, Alex? Mm-hmm. Barbarella is a great movie. Yeah, I think okay. Roger Vadim is a great guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know what? 60s, I realize I don't know anything about him except what we visually see in the movie, and that he was Mr. Jane Fonda for for a minute. Well, right I know this. I think he did another movie called "And God Created Women." And I think he was one of those horny directors. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, and get some more cool. girls and some more boys in the show. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think he was one of those. I mean, look, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. The first time I saw Barbarella, I, I, I watched it alone. I found it to be a bit of a slog to get through by myself. <laughs> Watching it with you and the homie Chris. Who yeah, you work with, shout out to Chris. Yeah, was, was fun. Mm-hmm. And I recommend watching these films with people. And and it's funny for me to you know what it's like when you know a movie back to front and then you watch it with another group of people and you kind of see how they react to different things. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I totally get it. And admittedly, man, about three quarter point, they get too heavy on some kind of very weird, kind of esoteric, silly dialogue, and it kind of slows down. There, there's plenty of faults. The movie has absolute just like plot pratfalls is waiting everywhere and just <laughs> some really hokey dialogue yeah yeah some of it's amazing some yeah. of my favorite oh just back to her i love how jane fonda speaks in the movie yeah it's really delicious yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's wonderful i like how she there there are some people who command english in a kind of easy and yet artistic way where just the way they shape the words they say is just, ple- I could just listen to you talk. The way I do. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Uh, you know, that's, Wait, uh, yeah. Alex, yeah. I'm going to get back to Jane Fonda in a second. I just want to yes. clarify one thing. When I say to that kid, he's going to die one day, I'm just saying that to say that like life is short, dude. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like, I don't, don't, I, I don't think it was. A it wasn't like, I hope like that a, happens or, you know no, what I mean? That's no. evil. Like, you know, he's, he was, I was here. He was a folks, young guy. We're talking but, about it in the grand yeah, scheme of life. But about back to Jane Fonda. Yeah. Um, she is one of the most beautiful women alive. Lovely, still lovely, and really, really cool. And, and I've I've listened to her in interviews, and she's awesome, man. The roles she's played, they're fucking fantastic. You ever seen? Uh, they shoot horses, don't they? No, but I lied to Sidney <laughs> Pollock and told him I did, and I'll explain. Dang. Okay. To the hardcore listener of this podcast, you know I have a tailoring <laughs> shop. And lots of very interesting people have come into this tailoring shop that you could describe as famous, right? And when I was a younger man, and uh, <laughs> I, was, I was in the shop, and Sidney Pollack had, who's the director of They Shoot Horses, Don't They, mm-hmm. had a, uh, like a gift card or some shit like that. And... Um, I knew of him and of that movie. I just knew of him just because he was, you know, he was he's big. But I knew of that movie because Paul Thomas Anderson referenced that movie in a music video he made for Michael Penn called Try. It's a really great song. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. It was on the, I knew that because it was on the DVD of Boogie Nights back when, you know. Uh. And so I'm in the shop and I think I was high. I was like young and I was like high, you no know. No like, way. Yeah, yeah. And, and. And then I see him, and then I'm like, "Oh, Sydney Park is out there." And then I, I didn't know anything to say to him, so but but I did want to like you know kind of make an impression. And this mm-hmm. is like a little bit before he passed away, unfortunately. We miss you, Sydney. Yeah, but great uh, sorry I lied to you. <laughs> and then I just went up to him and I was like, "Hey, uh, they shoot horses, don't they?" It was a really great movie. And then he's like, <laughs> "Oh." <laughs> 
And then he's he was kind of so like he, yeah. He could have even said like out of Africa or like yeah. I mean, admittedly, that's a good one to choose. Well, you know what's funny? That's a good one to choose. I, I think, think this they, was it's a I, great movie. I should have, in retrospect, I should have like gone to his IMDb and just looked at it. There was obviously a movie on his filmography that I had seen. Yeah. I should just just looked. You know well, what I mean? The guy did a fuck Africa, ton of good right? movies. Someone fact checked that out there. Oh. I think he did Out of Africa, oh. which I don't know anything about, actually. I just know the title. <laughs> but Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. They shoot horses, don't they? As I understand, she did right after Barbarella. Right. Now, look, I fucking love Barbarella, and I will fight for her performance in it, too. That's mm-hmm. just as good as everything else she's noted for. Yeah. But I think maybe there was a tenuous moment where she was maybe going to get pigeonholed as sort of this genre kind of... Sex bomb? Sex bomb space, you know, right. nymphoid kind of thing. Right, 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 right. And then They Shoot Horses, Don't They, comes the next year, and it's like, oh, shit, you're you're an actor, okay? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, so, Because yeah. that's a very raw, cool, bleak movie that is um, just really interesting. Good, good, like... They really cared about character building and dialogue and kind of like pl- good plays. Yeah. If you were like kind of like 40s through 60s, they were really good at doing like plays that were filmed. But, you know, you know what I mean by the kind no, of no, I know play format? Like very well written. Yeah, really pieces. good good pieces and shot well because they were working with a different medium where you could kind of just meditate in the film world. Right. Anyway, good movies. I want to know more about your experience this time with Barbarella. You mean this time out? Like how? Yeah, like just, I think you said this was your exp- third time. Like you have Either seen it before. Or second. How did you ever first hear about it? I mean, just being a film fan, you, you A, that poster, the cover, which yeah, I yeah, think yeah. is on the Blu-ray and it's 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 fairly well known. It's pretty iconic. And the thing is And you if, know what that weapon is, by the way? A dildo 500? Pretty much. But the, it's a uh, black market label <laughs> name is the mini missile projector. Oh, interesting. Does it shoot love like in the, you know what I mean? Not w- against the black guard. Wait, was that in the movie? Yeah, when she's flying with Pygar, when Pygar is sort of serving as like her flight machine. Uh, and she's zapping down the uh, flight patrol uh, of the uh, of the black queen's guards. Uh, yeah, that mini missile projector is yeah. blowing shit up. Oh, interesting. Well, so, in, in it's funny because she is someone who has worked in peaceful ways, but this from the president of Earth and rotating premier of the sun system. Mm-hmm. So, I think he's like the solar system's president right. who swears by love, basically infers to her like, well, this is a special mission where you may have to break this love thing that we do and you're going to have to get dirty. Yeah. And what we kind of learn about the movie, can I just give a theory that I, I kind of learned this time Go out? Ahead. It kind of struck me as interesting. As I understand it, and I could be wrong, but I've been I think in the Himalayas there are some rock face sculptures showing the kind of trinity reality. This is something that's in every culture. You know the the game of 3. There's right. always there's three people, three rings, three this, three that. And there's this image I think in the rocks and the high mountains of the Himalayas that shows three faces uh-huh and i think the idea is one face is male one face is female and the one in the middle is kind of a blend of the two 
Right. And I think they're kind of going for one thing that is, you know, doing the seeming split uh-huh. of duality or triality. I don't think that's a word, but, you know, the three thing that is yeah. duality with an extra face. And yet it is all one. The ending of this movie, I'm going to skip ahead. Folks, if you haven't seen Barbarella, do it. If you don't mind hearing the ending, as I said before, everything's a circle. So even to hear the ending right now, this in this soon into the podcast, is no no problem. It will have no effect on your life. Again, you will be dead soon. Yeah, yeah. Th- You'll be nothing. For the rats and worms. A couple of weeks ago, I was really stressed out, and I called my good friend here, Nas, and I told him about this shit that was just bothering me. And he reminded me very lovingly. He said, "You do realize, Alex, that nothing ultimately matters." And I mean that in a good way. I don't mean that in the like. I didn't you get it in any things. nihilistic way. You said it in a very like. Uh, it, it it alleviated a deep tension. We'll just put it that way. Well, oh, cool. It was man. very very I, cool, man. Like those those are good reminders that nothing ultimately matters, and it all is. In, it kind of goes away with the matmos. I'm speaking yeah. in Barbarella terms. There's this energy source, a lake underneath this sinful city. She goes on many. Adventures, and we'll go back to some of her prelim adventures. But I'm kind of skipping ahead to the fact mm. that her main mission is the city of Sogo, city of night, and it's a uh, it's it's basically the place where all the hedonistic pleasures happen, which is seemingly evil. And I get it; it kind of is because it's all basically like sinful lust and debauchery but at the same time hey that's pretty fun and you got to go through that on your ascension up the chakra chain now don't you now so she goes along this journey she encounters uh uh also kind of like a a a split in different sexuality they couldn't get too deep into it but they were going for lady on lady love i think some gay themes some uh, I sound like a producer right now. <laughs> what we're gonna make is some lady on lady love. Uh, it's really big in the market these days. Lady on lady love. Uh, with y- the homos. You, you can tell uh, that I've been around a lot of ladies the way I'm talking. Yeah. And, uh, you sound like Harvey Weinstein. Well, uh, you know I can afford it. But uh, uh, sorry, while you're talking, I'm looking for something. But then, like, fuck. All right. If you're listening to us from the past, somehow. You'll know that nowadays when we say we're looking for something, we're no longer physically looking for something. We're usually on a device searching a cyber reality that nevertheless educates as well as distracts. I'm sorry, Alex. I didn't mean to not listen to you. I was listening to I'm you. I'm riffing. I, Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Okay, I'm okay. just here. Sorry. So, okay. So the ending has this moment where I mentioned this energy source. There's like this thriving, quote unquote, evil thing, which is visually in the movie, kind of like a, you know, a lava lamp going Mm -hmm. nuts, bubbling away, kind of like mercury almost is underneath this city. And it thrives on everyone's base pleasure energy. And it's the quote unquote evil source. And the queen, the tyrant, the kind of seeming sort of um, dark force of the movie she unleashes that energy source and takes out the wannabe bad guy who in the end turns out to be kind of like, you know, an impotent, powerless dude. And yeah, just, yeah. And then like she, all my enemies. Yeah, like all your enemies. Yeah. Uh, folks, if you're listening, I need help. And, uh, <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm get and then in comes uh, the angel. No, the angel's actually there and they find him and Barbara is there. And the point is the three of them fly off and she even objects. But this is, by the way, the last lines of the movie are so profound 
and yet also unbelievably comical because they are indeed the last lines of the movie, yeah. which is Barbarella's confused. She gets why she's being rescued by the angel. Because by the way, at this point, folks, this evil malignant lake has thrown up basically and it's melted away the city it's wiped out everybody i mean it's i think it's even wiped out the quote-unquote good people it's just destroyed everything and the only survivors are pygar the angel barbarella the earthling and the black queen as she's called and she's the 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 quote-unquote tyrant and i think the idea is she's you know the yang or the yin to the yang you know that kind of duality and then in comes the angel who's flying off and the wings spreading out is always that final like ascending the realm chakra Uh and we go back to what i was saying earlier of the three faces so here's the three beings who are making it out and funny enough it's someone there is quote-unquote undeserving because she's technically been the bad person the whole movie like the tyrant so there you go barbarella says pygar what would you rescue her for after all the horrible things she's done to you? To which Pygar, in his blissful seventh chakra way, says, An angel has no memory. Interesting. And they go off to that groovy little score. Yeah. So it's funny how the angel saves both the sinner and the saint at the end. That's basically what I'm getting at, is I think that, tr- that triality is two extremes, the good and the evil, and then that third one, which is sprouting out the wings, is the angel force, which balances both of them equally. Very interesting. That's a very interesting dissection and analysis, yeah. Mr. Interdimensional yeah, yeah. Alex. I think that interdimensionally speaking, that's what the whole experience of Barbarella is about. Now, oh, sorry, go on. Go ahead. What were you going to... Well, there, I have, there's a, I have a, a, a personal anecdote Please. Attached to the, uh, the, the, the embracing of Barbarella. That Go ahead. personally affected my life. But it's yeah. a bit of a tale. Anything we want to talk about first before I get to it? I guess I'll briefly... Uh, no, you know what? You tell your tale and I'll close it out. All right. And uh, yeah. But any other thoughts though, visually? Anything stu- I, I'm curious about your experience with Barbarella this time. You mentioned before, <laughs> this was, you had a very candid moment with me. You were like, I am digging this. I can't say I really understand what's happening right yeah, now, yeah, yeah. but I don't need to understand. No, you know what it is? <laughs> I mean, look, I, this time watching it, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Look, I'm a student of cinema. I watch a lot of films from different eras, and there's a certain type of 60s film that... I don't know, it's best to watch it with people. You know what I mean? Like, if you're watching it by yourself, which I watched the first time, I believe, Mm -hmm. by myself. But I'll get into my history. You tell your anecdote, and then I'll close out with my history. And then that's a a good jolt of geeky Barbarella content. And if you're not happy with it, geek, whoever you are... You're going to die soon. Again, that's the theme of the show. Yeah, You're going to be geek. rat and worm food. Yeah, geek, how much yeah. time you got left? Geek. Yeah, we're Wild 7. I'm not some pussy podcaster. You, you, you nerd. What's yeah. up, four eyes? Yeah. Are you are you, you logic hoarder? I'm dating your mom. 
Yeah, I have news for you, nerd. <laughs> yeah, you know, You're now like my stepchild. You know, in um, so do in, some math. You know, in movies, mm. in the shows, like the bully, and he pounds his fist like against his hand. And I he was well, well, well. Yeah, 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 nerd. yeah. That's me with you. Hey, you came here for Barbarella, and instead you're getting bullied by me. If it isn't a little well, Einstein. well, well. If it isn't the little nerd, here's yeah. for Barbarella content because he thinks Jane Fonda is his girlfriend. No, right. but go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. No, definitely. She she was. A good symbol, man. Good, good idea. Very great outfits too, right? Nice outfits and nice ways of transition between all of them. Yeah, it was a good movie. I liked it. I enjoyed. <laughs> it. Roger Vadim knew what was up. I think he's dead. But the <laughs> <laughs> he keeps bringing it back to the death. Yeah. By the way, okay, well, we might as well go there. This is now going to be audio content. It will float out there. There will be one day where someone will listen to this and be like, and both of those guys are dead. Yeah, yeah. which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Like I'm a ghost. Woo! Yeah, when you do this audio, you hit that trifecta again, that that trinity we're talking about. Past, present, and future kind of merge together in the pod sphere. Yeah, but for the record, I don't want that to be anytime soon. I want to be like 100 million. So go ahead. (laughs) 100 million years old. This man has made 72 billion films in his time. Fuck yeah. Okay, go ahead, Alex. Uh, Okay, so this is a very interesting tale because in a weird fucking way, I owe my allegiance of good fortune in my life to Barbarella. Mm Mm-hmm. It's very unlikely. It doesn't. It's so stupid. It doesn't even make any sense that a kid who's just getting into his teenagehood in the late nineties latches onto this strange world of Barbarella. Yeah. Everything from its visual style to the idea of campy space opera sexiness and all that. It's kind of an awakening. I had my own sort of sixties awakening at the time. You yeah, know? yeah. 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 I fell in love with the soundtrack. And I think we who love cinema, we've always enjoyed good soundtracks, even as kids. And you'd kind of be wondering, like, how come more people don't listen to, like, film scores? Mm. They're fucking great. Yeah. And I loved that sound. And for a long time, the other day on Spotify, sorry, am I allowed to say that on the podcast? But, you know, a music uh, streaming service. We're on Spotify. Oh, word. Okay, shout out Spotify. Listen to us on Spotify. Uh, They have the soundtrack on that. Oh, and, nice. the, and the kid in me would have been like, wait, what? There's going to be a phone one day that May- just goes Barbarella soundtrack. It was really hard to who, find. Who, uh, this is right. It was a, as far as I understand, it was a brief, as they often were in the late 60s, a brief project of kind of sound and musicians and instruments called yeah, the, yeah. the Bob Crew Generation. Oh, interesting. It's a cool little 60s <laughs> Yeah, name, that's right? pretty cool, yeah. And they did a few other little singles, covers of... Famous songs at the time and all that. Um, but I think this was the one film score, as far as I know. I could be wrong. But it's a fucking great score, right? Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's goddamn great, dude. It has the trumpets, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, man. It's got that kind of go-go trumpet. It also has that kind of spy-themed guitar, that yeah. kind of thing going on. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's really cool, man. It, it, I think it touches on everything that we love about the 60s. And the soundtrack is golden to me. And that opening number where she does the zero G strip tease. Yeah. I love that sound. Mm -hmm. So one night after I kind of had seen it halfway through and to the end, Mm -hmm. I saw it was starting up one night again, folks, this is back in the day when you had to rely on what was on television. You couldn't just, you couldn't just type it into your device and see it. 
No, you had to just go, oh shit, it's going to be on Saturday night at 10 o'clock. I'm going to watch it now. And there I am. And that sound dude was just fucking great. Yeah. Just fucking great. Uh, uh, there's flutes in that number. I love the uh, lyrics. There, there's great lines in that. It's a wonder, wonder woman. You're so wild and wonderful. Because it seems whenever we're together, the planet's all stand still you know it's just wait hold on was that a recording or wait, alex was that you singing <laughs> oh yeah no no okay, yeah. yeah 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 um i'm sorry no no it's okay <laughs> I, I, I definitely no i know and, and trust me <laughs> i butchered it myself right there it was, it was barbarella yeah yeah, yeah totally yeah yeah dude and then barbarella barbarella yeah, yeah. he says barbarella psychedella yeah. there's a kind of cockle shell about you yeah damn it's just fun. It's 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 ridiculous. It's schmaltzy and yet sincere and wonderful and strange. And I learned in that me- weird moment because teenagehood is a strange thing that I like and still to this day like a hybrid between outlandishly silly, mm-hmm. edging on Monty Python ridiculous, and yet cosmically sincere. Right. And I feel like Barbarella was a, a, a budding influence to that. Every, again, everything from how it looks to how it sounds. So here we are with this soundtrack. And I am in eighth grade. And there's a talent show at the end of the year. Uh-huh. Now, this is very interesting. I, it, some people were, were really... How are you with bullies, if I may ask? I like, was one. <laughs> you were one. Okay, so you... Yeah, but did you ever have a tormented period where you felt like you were the butt of people's No, I'll humor, be honest with you. I'll be yeah, honest yeah, yeah, with yeah. you. Um, I, I, I wasn't bullied, but I was punched in the face a lot because I always mouthed off too. <laughs> Damn, yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, But I can't say like I was like habitually bullied... But no, I mean, I don't know. I think kids are all hard on each other. I don't know. I they're, mean, I they're can't, evil, dude. There's a, especially like when we're uh, twelve. Yeah, I mean, I can't really think of myself being particularly victimized. I was pretty mean, but I had my own shit to deal with. I think all kids have their own yeah, shit yeah. to deal with. Yeah, some people are—they don't know. I don't know. Some you know people I mean? dog on you, and you dog on others. Exactly. It seemed like a cycle to me. Yeah, you know, there I, was a food chain. I de- I know I wasn't a saint myself, but I I had this struggling period in sixth through seventh grade, where I just knew I was sort of. And this, I hate, you know, the word artist has just been beaten to death by everyone, especially spiritual bypassers. Right. <laughs> well, as an artist, I feel that. Shut the fuck up. Right. So I fucking hate that I'm even using this word because it discredits my whole story. So sorry, folks. Let, let's give it another name. I'm, I'm going to just call it a spellcaster. When I learned that I was a spellcaster in sixth grade, I wore this colorful knit cap. I thought it was cool. But people were fucking cruel. Now, here's the best part. With time, I could laugh about it, too. Yeah. It was actually pretty clever. As I am. Well, one, one kid called me Condom Head, which... <laughs> <laughs> which, in hindsight, you know, that's actually not inaccurate. It had this little kind of... What color was it? Well, I mean, admittedly, there's no psychedelic condoms. Maybe there are. Ooh, what if we were sponsored by a psychedelic condom thing? It's able. It makes <laughs> yeah. you trip while you dip. Um, Hold on. Yes. Hold on. This story is getting juicier by the minute. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So to to backtrack, sir. 
You have a condom hat. Like, you have this knit hat that you thought was cool. I thought it was very, very cool. And in, and in time, it was recognized as cool. But I was basically going against the norm and wearing something that was like this psychedelic knit cap uh-huh. that, uh, to me, was sort of like my badge of spellcasting weird coolness. Right. That was just kind of what I was getting at. And like anything that you dare to try, it was ridiculed for about a year or two. Yeah. And in very tough times, the Lord of the Flies times, when you're 12 and everyone's tormenting each other and yeah. everyone's vicious, um, including your own narrator right now. Everyone's a fucking asshole when they're 12. Let's face it. And then here I am noticing that I'm starting to be a, perceived as not and the point is i got i got i got ridiculed a lot i it wasn't horrible i gotta remember looking back could have been way worse some people have horror stories from their and some people don't recover yeah dude some people are scarred for life and it like and it alters their path and kids today have it horrible dude worse i i once i i abstain from social media right now because also when i'm trying to be even fucking clever there's always some well-meaning friend who goes well i want to take this literally yeah like guys just let me fucking you know what (laughs) i'm going for don't fucking comment on this but i wrote something one day I, i said um thank god i had real bullies I don't have to deal with cyberbullying. I'm yeah. Like, thank you, real bullies. That was a that was a wholesome experience that I can actually process. Yeah. And then people were like, "Oh no, I, bullies yeah. are a real thing." I, I I know, I know. But the joke, fellas, yeah. is that uh, you know, while it was awful, you couldn't pay me to be a teenager today yeah, to deal no, with that I fucking online never. ridicule. That yeah. sucks. So at the time, it was just kind of just basic like oh look he's dressed odd fag and honestly it was nothing worse than that but you know when you're 12 it hurts to be called mean names or or any name that is just designed to be hurtful it just sucks you don't have a sense of humor yet but i learned later on how to roll with the punches but i wouldn't have known had it not been for this crossroads moment which is please tell us i know it's been such a fucking build up but also this is awesome that's the nature of the good old cannabis too it makes you kind of go let me thoroughly till the garden before we grow yeah so we're here we go there was this moment the eighth grade talent show comes and my wild little mind describes no hold on take away little and take away describe my wild spellcasting mind weaves this picture of presenting in the talent show a strange character who is sort of his own uh, like space traveling secret agent. Someone who like in a Red Sonia universe would be the Conan who meets her and collaborates with her. Yeah. So I conceived of this character who's, by the way, kind of based on a character in Red Dwarf. Are you mm. at all familiar yes. with the Red? Okay, the, It's the British science fiction show. It's in a spaceship. Uh, yes. Funky, it's cool, F- funny, funky, funny and, kind and of really shit. good sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. it absolutely has that uh, you know feeling. You're hanging out with these space dudes. Yeah, there's genuinely smart sci-fi plots happening, but the dialogue is just wackadoodle silly. No, and one of them, who's just a total loser in life, has this alter ego called the character's name is Rimmer, and the alter ego's character is yeah, Nora is fucking funny yeah. name, and his alter ego is Ace Rimmer. Why is that funny, Alex? No, uh, well, <laughs> let's get to the butt of the humor. Now. Yeah. Uh, 
Ace Rimmer uh-huh. is just smooth. He's this smooth cat who gets everything done, and yet he's hilarious. But he's a very capable, like almost you know, international like agent kind of guy, right? And kind of interdimensional, I might add. So right. it's funny that you have knighted me as such as interdimensional Alex all these years. Yeah. That's cool. That was a good little moment. Yeah, Nas did a noble bow and had a good little bump. At yeah, the same my, time. my hat. And I don't mean a the, bump. I mean, you know, just yeah, my hat hit bump. the microphone. I didn't do cocaine. Yeah, Get your head out of the gutter. Yeah, come on, guys. Yeah. Come on. I'm not that guy. No, none okay. of us are that guy. Yeah. So uh, there is this idea that I have that I'm going to create Ace Rogers. Hmm. And I had a joke with some friends who were like, what if you weren't 007, but you were 005 and two-tenths not reduced to one-fifth. Uh-huh. That's the whole title of the character's name. And I got to say, for a bunch of eighth graders, that's fucking great. Yeah, that's fucking yeah, silly. Yeah. I mean, it's so highbrow, but it's funny as fuck. Yeah. Like, good for those goddamn eighth graders. Yeah. And yeah, that, I remember, yeah, that was a very funny <laughs> moment just coming up. It's like, yeah, I'm Ace Rogers, agent 005, and two-tenths not reduced to one-fifth. Right. Done. And I went out there, and, and my mom, bless your heart, because I think she thought I was marching to my doom on this one. Yeah. <laughs> but she helped me make this costume, and it was a weird idea I had where I'm in, like, blue jeans, boots, a blazer, and, like, uh, furs, Conan style, like, around the ankles uh-huh. and around, like, the wrist cuffs of the, uh, of the suit. Then I'm wearing this wild red wig that is made out of that kind of sparkly, weird material that when the light catches it, it gets all like just crazy. Yeah. This crazy red, wild, almost carrot top, but psychedelic sparkly wig thing. Yeah. And these hologram glasses with eyes that are like popping out and a microphone. Uh. And I do that fucking song. So the idea is I'm going to do this song and kind of half lip sync and half actually sing it the opening number to fucking Barbarella Mm -hmm. and just a weird presentation of this character doing this fucking grandiose singing thing that you might see in like the Vegas of Mars that's kind of what I was going for is like a weird specialty act in some casino on another planet right of this space voyager who's who's talking about Barbarella, presenting it like a great fucking thing. So here's the hilarious part. And this is a good lesson to all you youngsters out there who are wondering like, well, should I make anything out of my weird? Yes. Make a goddamn stand. Make it. Especially nowadays that you all are going to then record it and throw it up there. You could make yourself if someone had done that back in the day i would have been a youtube star yeah so anyway what happened was is people were worried i learned this a little later because people were, were were good about it but my mom bless her soul she knew i had been struggling with like you know some ridicule at school and dealing with mean people and all that she's like oh my god this kid's about to go up on stage <laughs> lip sync to barbarella yeah uh, <laughs> yeah in this weird costume with this fucking getup, he's going to get fucking destroyed. He's going to get eaten up. Oh, God, my son, my baby. But she kept that on the inside. Bless her soul. She told me later on that she kept wanting to be like, don't do it. But then yeah. she was like, okay, no, he, I'm going to. So 
shout out to my mom who just kind of just stressed away but said nothing. Bless you, mama. Love you. And then my dad, bless you, love you. He he comes around. <laughs> okay, this is a quick aside, but this is great. He literally says, I don't think this is a, uh, the, the song will connect with people. It's good that you do, you should do a number that is uh, sort of, you know, current. Like Michael Jackson's bad. (laughs) (laughs) It was almost like that. Okay. So, by the way, my father at the time is working for a Rolls Royce dealership. Uh And they have a cassette tape, because this is the early 90s at the time. Or, you know, the the whole 90s where you get a cassette tape with your car. And at the time, it had all the hits that were big but also from sort of nuanced, maybe you've heard of it, kind of artists right, right. that Could weren't you give really it, like examples. Let's see. There was, um, oh, it had fucking uh, who's the guy that everyone for some reason hates, but he's actually fine, uh, uh, and people like to laugh at him. Uh, Michael blonde hair Michael Bolton Bolton (laughs) Michael Bolton how can we be lovers if we can't be friends so that how can we be lovers yeah yeah yeah, yeah, totally that was on there and then there was this one song by and and shout out to you you're a great song but if I had done you I would have been eaten up by the the people and it's a great fucking thing but did you ever hear this one that goes getting ready ready for the dawn you know ready huh no Ooh, get ready for the morning oh god yeah it's interesting like like that. it's fine if you watch oh, no. that in like a kind of early 90s sort of movie <laughs> yeah but my father literally plays that song on the stereo in the living room and is like now this if you want to get respect at school uh, is what you should do. <laughs> Son, you'll get some pussy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to that song, dude. Hey, baby, come here. Getting ready. Yeah. Ready for the dawn. The panties will drop, son. Yeah. No, anyway, sorry. You know what I thought you said right now? The pancakes will drop. <laughs> yeah, and I those two. And I still took it as the same meaning. But <laughs> yeah. that would be great. Listen. You put on the right suit, you say the right things, the pancakes will drop. Well, hey, we just coined a new phrase for, I like for it. The pancakes some. will the drop. The pancakes will drop. And I, you know what I like about it, too? It's like a little more, like the whole the whole, the whole, whole gang can use it. It's a little the more whole family can it, use it. It's a throwback to a, to a simpler time when women just made you pancakes, like <laughs> Louis Lamour says in his novels. He made his leather satchel tighter around his arm and went onto the saddle and realized... Sometimes a lady just needs to cook a man a bowl of chili. Yeah, by the way, there's like e- either f- two listeners that understand a Louis L'Amour reference or like a lot. I'm not sure because the guy's been in business and he's like still in business and he's dead. But anyway, nice. he's, a, he's a writer That's of Western novels it, and he, he writes That's in a very, how you uh, do it. plain it's style. It's like his new novel. Is he alive? No, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. He has a new novel. But That's back to this intriguing, awesome. amazing story. Okay. I know. This is for you at home. Thank you for your patience. You're like, dude, fuck get them. fucking on with it, dude. You've been stalling on the fucking... It's like your first podcast. No, Alex, so, fuck yeah. them. Take your time, buddy. Thank you, fuck man. Fuck the listener. As we say, and, and you know, life is a circle. It's a lovely, just, we take our time, baby. So, in this moment, I have now resisted both what I can tell is anxiety on my mother's part 
my dad trying to be cool but just missing the mark by saying you should do this one song and i'm like nope i'm gonna stick to my vision and then (laughs) my friends at the time they even said to me well don't worry al they called me al by the way back in the day did you know that no middle through high school my close close friends called me al al straight up man i actually was al at a time oh interesting and i and i'm always welcome to be called that again So uh, then they come up and they're like, hey, man, um, hey, Al, if you uh, don't worry, we're going to clean up your body when the whole thing is done. (laughs) (laughs) Like when you commit social suicide, we're here for you. We're like, we're here for you. Don't worry. Like like that, by the way, is proper punking because I knew they loved me. And them saying that was very like, it was the perfect amount of like punking and also just love. And I was like, wow, okay, here we go. But I believed in it. And you know, they're a cool guy. Shout out, Mr. Stadelli. Great. This this really cool, eccentric, wild, awesome science teacher Uh was the, you know, guy who would produce the whole talent show each year. Uh And he uh would, and he really like looked out for the artist you want this guy throughout your whole life he's like what you got let's make it as great as possible i remember that i was the ninth act up Mm. it just felt like a good number like okay this is on the build show so the show is just a bunch of acts. It's everything from people playing numbers on the piano I'm to sure there dance was a girl numbers, singing and they, getting really into it. Oh yeah, you know, like, <laughs> De- you know, like definitely, like she's Celine Dion. You know, there was yeah. you. You had the girl who that that you had the virtuoso pianist. You had a cool jazz number. You had also. Uh, I think probably a few acting scenes. Thank God I didn't do that. Uh, I think there was also. Um, yeah, there were there were like, I think even like some SNL numbers, like Blues Brothers kind of <laughs> right. one and all that. Anyway, I just came up with this wild character. And what's cool too is, especially early in a young theater career, which is just, it's so fun when you're young because everyone is so like, wow, that we're doing this. We're fucking, yeah. we're creating these yeah. characters. And when you're doing something and people recognize it on a cast to cast level, mm-hmm. it's so emboldening because uh. people who I was who had their other acts saw mine and it was so special man because I was feeling that people were understanding my weird and I didn't know it but that's all I wanted was look I know I'm a weird kid but I need that to be celebrated not alienated not right, made fun right, of right 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 and when I when we did the rehearsal my own cast lost their fu- my fellow cast members my own cast no my own fellow cast members they lost their shit mm. and I went oh my god this is gonna work mm. and it was the first time in my life that I had confidence that I could come up with something wild on stage and command the respect of the audience there's yeah. something as ridiculous as the opening theme song to Barbarella mm-hmm. doing this weird thing and at last minute I decide in an homage to Barbarella that I would have some extra fur garments on me and straight up, brother, in front of the whole eighth grade crowd, well, the whole middle school crowd, I started stripping off the fur garments and throwing it to the girls in the audience yeah. who were fucking hollering and whooping yeah. like they were at a fucking, you know, bar or no, something. No, no, let's be real here. Yeah. They were wet. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Dude, like, I, I did this and I didn't realize what I was kind of doing was glam. Like, straight up 
I fucking dare you to make fun of me. Uh, I'm going to be this out. I gave them space opera. I mm. gave them weird. I gave them 60s, bizarro, classy, cool, strange, funny, and just... I felt, dude, like the room lost their goddamn mind. Yeah. It was so amazing. And I'm telling you, this awoke the performer in me. I, after that, theater would be a 10-year journey of constant work in characters and presentation and learning the stage of the, the craft of stage. And that next day... There were people who used to be, who used to slight me or just not notice me or even be outright mean to me who were like, what the, that thing you did on stage, what the fuck was that? I, that was so, what the, whoa. Like, yeah. and I was kind of getting this like, yo, respect from everyone. And after that moment, dude, I became my own weird agent and I dressed wildly when I wanted to. Mm. I was robin williams outlandish in class i got the reputation of being kind of the madcap and it worked i mean it, you you know you can also that could also really not work yeah. <laughs> very easily but i had people laughing and it was where i learned to be funny it's where i learned to perform and it came from this moment that i get it another school another lifetime could have fucking vomited in my face and i might have been scarred for life hating Barbarella, hating this choice. No, something fortunate happened. They got it. They fucking knew what I was going after. And I felt understood for the first time in my creative life. That is a truly inspiring story, Interdimensional Alex. I'm happy that you shared it with me and the listener. I'm very inspired by that story. That was beautiful. It was a well-told story and I am inspired. Wow. I love that story. Conviction is real. I love that story. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy that you're on the Wild 7 team. I will say that your acting journey led you to play Brendan of the Darkness. Absolutely. A role that is amazing. (laughs) And has led you to be not just my co-worker and co-podcaster, but my friend. Yeah. And I'm happy also, Alex, if I may say... That it made you the man that you are today because you are a great man. Oh, thank you. And I'm saying that on the podcast right here and now. This moment. You are a great man. Thank you. You are as well. Thank you. No, well, let's not get crazy here. Well, I'm no, no, no. healthy I'm dose of crazy. I'm good. But that being said, I will maybe briefly tell you my little experience with a, a gal named Barbarella. Oh. When I was a teenager. <clears throat> When I was back there in seminary school, no, I'm sorry, it just sounded very Jim Morrison. No, no, what please, please, it's okay. The, yeah, yeah, I wanted to. We keep it loosey goosey here. Yeah, man, go for it. When I was a teenager, Alex, mm-hmm. I would walk to a video store. I will not name this video store, but it was very popular, uh-huh. and there were many of them. Oh yeah, they had blue and yellow primary colors. Yes. In their logo. Yes, with a kind of ticket stub. Yes, and and, and yeah. they had dopey slogans like I won't even say because I don't want to incriminate myself. <laughs> and I would walk to these video stores, and I knew a little trick. I called this renting Iranian style. 
You see, on a VHS, Alex, mm-hmm. there was a little sticker that said, "Either go home happy." Oh fuck! No, that wasn't what it said. Oh, that was that was the slogan. That was something else. Uh, it didn't say that. Mm. It would say, "Be kind, rewind." Yes, yes. Okay. Oh yeah. If you were wise to this trick, you would take the VHS. Open it up and rip off the Be Kind Rewind. And underneath the Be Kind Rewind, there was a metal strip mm. that sounded the alarms. <gasps> so when you would walk out with it, they wouldn't oh. ring-a-ding-ding-ding. You understand what I'm saying, ring, my friend? Ring-a-ding-dang. That's Don't. what we call renting Iranian style as I coined oh. it and you know <laughs> as, there may be Iranian listeners out there that don't appreciate me uh, making us look bad by but what, what are you gonna say I'm I was not a rich kid and I had to rent somehow I had to educate myself okay yeah yeah, yeah. and fucking relax guys yeah. it was it, this this operation eventually fell anyway yeah and so when I was in high school, there was this, there was a film, and you know what's funny? When you were talking at one point, I was trying to, I thought I could look it up really quickly, mm. but then it turned out I couldn't, and I just didn't want to be rude, so I put my phone away. Wow. But I what I was that. looking for was, I was trying to find, there was a series of films. I, dude, if there's a listener that can help me find this, but I'm pretty sure if I just devoted 30 minutes to Google, I could find it and figure out what it was. There were like two films, right? They were either called Agent Dynamite, Agent Pepper, Agent something, Agent mm-hmm. something the fuck, right? Mm-hmm. And it was this really beautiful girl, woman. Yeah. Woman. Woman. I swear woman. to God, woman. You know, like like as womanly as you can be. Like just oh, beautiful, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And she was an agent. Mm-hmm. And it was in the 60s. And... Uh, she would get naked and fight and and she had guns and it was that kind of thing and you could see her titties and all that stuff it was great it was one Mm -hmm. of the greatest things ever and Mm -hmm. I jacked those VHS's both of them right yeah I stole them oh okay I think think everyone including me thought you meant you know the other oh no 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 no. I didn't jack like well (laughs) after that big build up of the well use your imagination I I did watch the films no 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 not you Uh, obviously you as my friend you know like (laughs) yeah but um no no but what I'm saying is I had those VHS's and I was a big fan of them and in fact there was another film that I saw in England that was kind of the similar thing, sort of skin exploitation, called The Adventures of Tiffany Jones that I saw on TV. And that had a lot of titties <laughs> and all that stuff. And it was wow. great, too. You know. uh-huh. And so, anyway, I had seen that. Uh, go ahead. What was the question? Similar to the genre, but later on in the 80s, and with Mrs. Conan, if you remember her, you know, the, his lover in the first Conan movie. Did you ever see She? Do you know what I'm talking about? You mentioned. You have mentioned this many times, oh, okay. and it's yeah, one right. of those ones that's just on my list. Yeah, and oh, dude, I, I, I mean, literally, I me on the day. Yeah, I mean, it's I have such a long list, but that is something of that I, I really want to see. Anyway, but the yeah. point is, uh, I take it these are kind of uh, uh, sexy female protagonists, sexy female protagonists in sexual worlds. In sexual worlds, they have illicit drugs in the yeah. plots and stuff like that. Yeah, They're yeah. secret agents, all of that sixties kitschy stuff. However, it must be said. 
definitely not on the budget level of Barbarella. Like, right, like, right, right. like Barbarella so actually has a little bit of a foothold in like professional. It had a nine million dollar budget. I oh, nine. Okay, yeah. yeah. Which so, will you say for sixty eight? That was pretty for sixty eight. That's approximately. I think mathematically, that's two billion dollars in our Duh! money today. But anyway, yeah. Um. So, I love that type of film. And so, one day, I didn't steal Barbarella. <laughs> I was looking for that. I was looking for that type of thing. Like, yes. that amount, that volume of nudity and and sort of illicit sort of, you know, thing. Yeah. And I rented it, and I watched it, and I thought, the fuck is this? No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, it was, okay, look, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I don't remember when I watched Barbara. The experience as you did when you watched it when you were 13. Because yeah. I didn't watch it when I was 13. Had right. I watched it when I was 13, I would yeah. have completely adored this movie. But I watched it in my adulthood. And the thing is, if you're watching a movie of this nature by yourself, it's kind of a slog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I then... Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. For a second, I thought the audio went out. Oh, okay. Um, all right. No, we're no, good. no. Uh, um, right. No, and... Um, it's funny because I used to share it with my friends at the time, I, and it was the gift that kept on giving. I noticed if you watch it with people, it's a different experience. Pound for pound, group experience, it's a positive time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's not like sitting through Casino Royale, which yeah, is no, like sitting no, through no, no. a snuff film. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that <laughs> Casino Royale is a is a wonderful mess, but a, but I do mean a mess more yeah. than the wonderful. Whereas Barbarella actually does have themes and. It has a Tolkien vibe. What do I mean by that? I mean in the language, not necessarily in the terrain and even in the same worlds, but I mean like I love movies that go, oh, what is what is this? Oh, that is the labyrinth, and this is the city of night. You know, I love that shit where we kind of go, oh, that's the name of this place in this alien world, and or the chamber of dreams the all these different kind of places you go to that build this world and also at the same time have a commentary on society and life as we know it yes. so i mean you know i don't i didn't hate barbarella upon first seeing it it's just it didn't deliver on that sort of illicit sort of exploitationy thing but i did ex appreciate it on its 60s kitschy level cuz i just yeah. like that shit that stuff's cool yeah okay <laughs> barbarella yeah. Great film. You know mm -hmm. what? Let's do something we haven't done in a while, and then let's wrap it up and plug all the little things that Wild 7 is selling. Yeah. But ice cream cone ratings for the oh, listener that doesn't It's been a second and a half yeah. since we did this. But for the listener that doesn't know, we used to do, we still do, we're doing it now, ice cream cone ratings on the films that we review. We do it on a scale of 1 to 10 ice cream cones, an ice cream sundae if it's completely awesome, and a banana split if we have mixed feelings on it. Alex, what is your ice cream cone rating for Barbarella directed by Roger Vadim starring the lovely Jane Fonda? You ready for this? Go ahead. Sunday. Sunday fun day. Ice cream Sunday, not the Monday. Give me that fun day. I won't drive the Hyundai. Very good. I forgot to mention the other rating, which is like zero, which is puke. Do you remember that? Oh, we yeah. We coined that. Well, yeah. Puke was hilarious, and I think he came up with that during the Fifty Shades episode. Yeah, yeah and I gave it puke. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, for me, I'm going to give it a 
five ice cream sundae. You can also if you, no wait 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 ice cream sundae that doesn't make sense. No ice no, cream cones. No fuck it. It's an ice cream sundae. It's a beautiful work of art that 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 I love. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah no no. Watching it a second. I'll, I'll, let me say this. When you watch it a second time and you watch it with people. And you yeah. kind of know the little vague beats because I mean these some of these sixties movies are so fucking vague in terms of their plot points. Yeah, like, yeah. Sometimes yeah, they, shit is just yeah, yeah. happening, it's and not you're really like, "What is going like, on here?" On? Yeah, yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's fun. Mm-hmm. So I will give it an ice cream sundae also because of the, the you know just it I I see it has a huge influence on the culture I see that right. and yeah. you know it is a great film it's fun and it is impressive especially ha- you know knowing about filmmaking a little bit um it's impressive the yeah. sets the this the it's, that it's the practical visually effects visually sumptuous also it's not to be taken seriously folks like laugh laugh your ass off and yes you're also for everyone who like. There's going to be a lot of outdated stuff that's not PC today that you're going to see in this. Because guess what? It's older cinema, and yeah. it's like have fun with that. Just have fun with it. It's like you found a weird, bizarro erotica sci-fi comic book that came to life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. That's Barbarella. Mm-hmm. Did you like that, you loser? I'm talking to you, listener. Yeah, listen here, yeah. you, 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 fucking Nobel Prize winning punk. Yeah. Before I wrap it up, I just want to mm-hmm. say, Alex and I have discussed this many times that we have said that if we met each other as kids, we would not have gotten along. Alex played with magic cards, and I made fun of kids that played with magic. Yeah, cards. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's and true. I would have said, yeah, hey, yeah. Alex, take it but, easy on the magic cards. But full disclosure, yeah. I was the slowest kid to understanding magic cards. Oh, really? I didn't get it. Oh. I was de- I couldn't figure out when to tap, when not to tap, why this card was more important, what, which one do you play? I just loved the aesthetic those those drawings on those cards yeah. and the way they're bordered it's just delicious i feel you well this was a fun little geek out <laughs> barbarella boom, 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 boom. listen debbie and the devil the greatest horror film horror comedy ever made check it out request at your local film festival debbie and the devil follow us on social media debbie and the devil at at debbie and the devil on instagram follow me on instagram at mr nasred follow me on twitter no wait that was twitter Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Nasred. Follow me on Instagram at Mr. Nasred. Email me at nasredpodcast at gmail.com. There is a new comic book, or actually at the time of this release, it might not be so new, but there is a comic book out. A few are, for, you know, available for release. I'm all tongue tied. Dude, we're so baked right now. Dude, I mean, well, are you only <laughs> baked or are you jacked on, like, you I'm know, jacked caffeine. on a bang and, uh, oh my you know, yeah. God, the man's double fisting <laughs> yeah, on the I, stimulus. Uh, bang and coffee. That's why he's just, It's wow. like 10.30. No, it's 11.10 at night. Uh, oh, my God. 11.10 yeah. at night. We sound like we're on the road at 11 a.m. Yeah, I'm wired. Okay. Two comic books. Available on Wild Seven. They're fucking studios. great. By the way. Thank I, I, you, Alex. I, I, they're awesome. And Nasred.com and Debbie and the Devil.com. One is the Debbie and the Devil art and comic book, comic and art book. Mm-hmm. The other is Mr. Red's gruesome stories. Uh, the first story is called Blood for Squid Lady. It is a shocking chillerama. Check it out if you haven't. Alex, where can the good people find you? Apologies because I never check it out, but follow me at Castaway Clown. And uh, beam me up. 
awesome and i will leave it with this barbarella i love you barbarella i uh barbarella jane fonda is beautiful barbarella and uh a great uh quote to take from it which we'll just leave you folks with perhaps well first i want to just say stay weird stay wonderful and as pygar the angel says an angel doesn't make love an angel is love shoot a movie not a person